And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. It's time to talk finance with Luke Smith from Envision Financial. Luke, good afternoon. On this sunny afternoon, it is. Look at it. It's a lo- don't look out oh, the window when oh. the microphone's on the other oh, side of your head. Right. Okay. That way we can't Delta. hear you. It is probably one of the nicest days we've had in six months. It's a it's a cracking day, and the, tomorrow should be pretty much exactly the same. Beautiful. So that's that's looking good. Just before we get started today on how to turn your super into a pension, you might remember a couple of weeks ago we spoke about this need for people who are directors of companies oh. or other entities to actually apply to the Australian Taxation Office to be given a new director number. I bring it up today because the 30th of November is the cutoff date. That's before next time we meet. And if you don't do it on time, you're up for penalties that could be as much as $13,000. Right. Yeah. Well, as I said last time, it's probably be pound for pound, the worst, most poorly delivered piece of change. And the ATO should be taking invoices from businesses that have had to hold the hand of older people in the community people with one phone and all of the other normal human issues that occur when you make an assumption that the entire population is a 23-year-old tech-savvy iPhone owner, which is basically how they played it. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, it is an unnecessarily cumbersome process. I Mm. sat down to do it on a Saturday morning. Yeah. Yeah, from start to finish, it took me 32 minutes. Oh, that was quick. But the thing that really <laughs> flabbergasted me was the number of times I had to repeatedly enter the same information <laughs> over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> really? I told you yeah. the first time. Yeah, and you couldn't have you couldn't have actually branded or labelled the process any worse with confusing language like, this is a MyGov ID. And a lot of older people went, oh, I've got MyGov. No, no, it's not that MyGov. It's something different to do with my government. And yeah. then their brains just melted. And, yeah. Exactly. And I also found other difficulties with uh, the process of proving who you are and yep. so forth. Um, for example, it asked for the ABN of your superannuation fund. Uh, well, mm-hmm. I, I looked for it. It wasn't listed on the correspondence I've received from my superannuation mm-hmm. fund. So I had to go to the superannuation fund's website mm-hmm. and then I entered a number that turned out to be the wrong number because mm-hmm. there's a different ABN for the parent company uh, than there is yeah. for the trustee company. Yeah. And Some that's the just, the super, yeah. that's so yeah. confusing. Yeah. And I, that was just one small obstacle. Yeah. And the, uh, the other big one, well, I was actually chatting about it with someone this morning, was if you were an O'Sullivan or an O'Shea, and you had the apostrophe in your name. Yeah. If that was in your license or not in your license, on your passport or not on your part, you didn't exist. Mm. So then you had to go and get stat decks and get things signed or somebody's name was spelled incorrectly. Yeah, it was an absolute debacle. Indeed. So. But the important thing is if you are a director, whether it's of a company, it could be a family company, if you're yeah, a director of, your, of the yeah. company that manages your own super uh, self-managed super fund, yep. Uh, all uh, director of a charitable entity, yep. uh, you're going to need to have this director number. Yep. And if you don't do it by the 30th of November, which is next Wednesday, yeah. you're going to get fined. Yeah, and I'd love to know how they're going to police that. Uh, it, yeah, it's a nightmare, but yeah. nevertheless, we've managed to live through it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's cost us a ton of time. We could have been doing something useful for people, but hey, what would what would the broader community know? Indeed. How to turn your super into a pension. That's this week's topic. And it's actually, this is one of our classic old favourites, isn't it? I know we've spoken about this before, but it is interesting that people get to the end of their working life and they suddenly realise, well, hang on a minute, I've got this super fund, but 
What do I need to do to make it into an income? Exactly. And it's actually the most searched topic we've ever done in the nearly 200 shows that we've, we've, we've put into YouTube and, and put in as, as the podcast for content. It is the most searched event. So I just thought we'd sort of touch on it again and cover it off to make sure that we can dispel some misconceptions and break down the actual process because it's not that difficult, but I can understand how people are concerned and confused about the actual mechanics of doing it. So straight out of the gates, you need to meet your Commonwealth Preservation Age and that is set by your date of birth and anybody born after 1965, your Preservation Age is 60. Okay, and then it, it tears back um, for a short period if you're born a little bit earlier than that. So check your preservation age. Then to be able to start a pension, you need to make a declaration to your fund that you have met a condition of release. And that means that you have ceased gainful employment under the age of 55, and, sorry, under the age of 60, and do not intend to work more than 10 hours a week. Once you make that election, that then allows you to open the doors to your super fund and say to your fund provider, hey, I've been putting money into this for the last 32 years. I'd like to take some out now. And then you can go to the super fund and say, I've met the rules, fill in their paperwork, tick the appropriate box, put in your bank account, put in the amount you would like as a pension, and then elect the frequency with which you would like to be paid. Now, a big misconception when I use the word pension, people hear or assume it's got to be fortnightly, mm. like the age pension. Yeah, Nothing could be further from the truth. The term pension just really means I'm taking money out of my superannuation as a regular income stream. You can choose to have it weekly, fortnightly, monthly, quarterly, semi-annually, annually, whatever suits you and aligns with the offering from your particular fund. So check if you might want it fortnightly, the fund you're with may only allow it monthly. You might want it weekly, they might only allow it fortnightly. But you do not have to take it as a fortnightly benefit. And a great example of that is this. You're coming into 30 June. You need to draw the minimum, which we'll get to in a moment, and you haven't taken a pension out. You can make a single pension payment in June, you could make another single pension payment in July, and you've actually withdrawn two years of pension money in the space of about three weeks. So that just highlights that the frequency comes down to what you need it for and how you're gonna fund your retirement, not an assumption that it needs to be fortnightly like the age pension. Or like the salary you might have been used to when you Correct. were working. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Exactly uh, right. Okay. Uh, so um, what's the first step to get this process underway? Yeah, so once you've, you've met the condition of release and you know that you've quit your, your work and you're over your Commonwealth Preservation Age, you reach out to your particular super fund and say, can I have the paperwork to commence a pension? They will send you out paperwork to commence an account-based pension and that allows you to take everything that's in your fund and convert it to a pension. So whilst we're working, we're in what's called accumulation phase. We're accumulating money in our fund, money's going in. 
When we say, hey, Mr. Superfund, I'd like to start a pension, we're saying to them, now I'd like to use this capital that I've accumulated and I'd like to take some out. So nothing happens to the underlying investments. Another big misconception. You need to sell everything down and take it out and put it in your own name. Not at all. Or sell everything down and then move to a pension. It's effectively like taking off a blue hat and putting on a red hat. Your head hasn't changed. Your head will hold a hat no matter what colour it is. Mm-hmm. And all we're doing is we're changing the colour of the hats that we wear when it comes to super. So you get your paperwork, you fill out your answers and say, I've met a condition of release, I'd like to start a pension, I'd like to use all of my account. You don't have to, but you, you may want to. I'd like this amount of money, I'd like it paid to this bank account, please. Sign it, send it in. That is it. That is literally all you need to do once you have met a condition of release to start receiving money from your accumulated superannuation as a pension. Now, some of the upsides of starting a pension, if you're over the age of 60, all the money that comes out of it is tax-free. Any earnings inside the fund are now tax-free. When we're in that accumulation phase and we're putting money in over our working life, we pay 15% or less. Yeah. So by starting a pension, you move everything to a tax-free environment. If you sell any assets whilst in pension phase, they are exempt from capital gains tax. So if you've been holding BHP shares since they were $10 or CBA shares since they were 4 and you want to sell them at 107 the day you retire, make sure you've started your pension because you will pay no capital gains tax on the growth of those assets over the time that you've held them. So there are some very, very positive reasons to start a pension, primarily because people want to fund their lifestyle, which is great. Now, when it comes to funding your lifestyle, you want to think about how you're going to generate the money that you draw to live. So if we said there's a million dollars in the super fund and I need $50,000 a year to live, you want to be sure that the assets that you hold are generating a very strong income stream. So if you could generate 4 to 4.5% of income, you're only touching a little bit of your capital to get to your 50000 So if you've earned 45000 of dividends and you're taking $5,000 of capital to get to your $50,000 requirement, having a very strong income stream in your portfolio can underpin the vast majority of what you need to live on. So it's important to understand what are the assets I have in my fund, what income are they generating, and how much of my total requirement is coming from the distribution of income in a similar vein to rent from a property. Yeah. Now, here's a question for you. Do you have to actually stop working altogether in order to draw a pension from your superannuation? The answer is it depends. So on one side, yes, you need to cease gainful employment to meet a condition of release. Under 60, that legislation says, I do not intend to work more than 10 hours a week ever again. Well, hang on a minute. That means you may work up to 10 hours a week. Correct. So you don't have to stop working completely. Potentially. Okay. (laughs) If you're over the age of 60, you could have two jobs. Right. Say I work in a government department all week and I do Saturday and Sunday at Bunnings. If I'm over the age of 60, 
the legislation changes when it comes to what you need to do to access your super. So under 60, cease gainful employment, do not intend to work more than 10 hours a week. Over 60, a form of gainful employment needs to end. So very, very different. A form of gainful employment. So I could have two jobs. Quit one, start my pension, keep working here. So as I said before, it really depends on your situation and what you're doing to ensure that you can meet the legislation which is driven by your age when you decide to make that decision. So what's this thing I've heard of called the transition to retirement process? Well, that's the second tranche of it depends. So where you've met your Commonwealth preservation age, so let's say I'm, I'm 61, I'm still working, like my job, but I'd really like to go four days a week. Or let's say I have um, some non-deductible debt on my home that I'd like to get rid of. Or let's say I wanted to make some additional contributions to super to lower my taxable income. The transition to retirement legislation allow you to take up to a maximum of 10% of the value of your fund whilst remaining in the workforce. You can take a pension out, continue working. As I say, it's capped at 10%. So if you've got a million dollars in your super fund, you could pull $100,000 out tax-free and potentially pay off your house, pay off the coast, put some of that money back into super and claim a tax deduction. Or you could say to your boss, well, I really like working here. I just don't love it 40 hours a week. So I'm going to have Fridays off. And that pension drawing could supplement the wages that you've foregone because of your lifestyle choice to do a reduced number of hours. So the transition to retirement legislation was created to keep educated, skilled workers in the workforce because you had an ageing population with a lot of experience and because of some of the government super funds, they were incentivised to leave earlier than they may have wanted to. So the transition to retirement legislation lets you wind down your hours potentially, keep your cash flow very similar, access a little bit of your super, but those same principles apply. Have I met my preservation age? And then have I started an account-based pension, which says I've ceased gainful employment? Or do I want to transition to retirement pension because I'm going to reduce my hours, but I'd like to take a subsidised amount of my super out to fund my lifestyle or pay down some debt? So it really depends on your situation, but you can manipulate your situation to either side of that discussion depending on what your intentions are with work. We've been talking about how to turn your super into a pension. So Luke, Mm. what are the key things to remember? Yeah, so the one thing we didn't touch on before the ad break is where you start a pension, you must take at least the legislated minimum for your age. So under 65, the normal minimum is 4% of your balance when you start it. Right. There's been a 50% reduction in that for the last couple of years in light of COVID and everything that's gone on. Um, but from 1 July next year, it's highly likely that the normal minimums will return. So under 65, 4%. 65 to 74, 5%. And so on and so on. So account-based pensions are designed to run down over your lifetime. So we didn't touch on that before the ad break. In light of all the other rules we spoke about, mm. keep that one in mind that once you start a pension, you must take the minimum. Yep for that financial year when you start it. Yeah, the idea being that, you know, you run out of money at the same time that you die. Now, if you get that yeah. wrong, that can be a, a bit awkward. Yeah, it can be. <laughs> and then along comes Centrelink and they, they, they throw you a lifeline. So, yeah. But 
I, I think from a from a strategic standpoint, people need to make sure you've met a condition of release, so you know your rules in relation to the age you need to be, because that's tied to your date of birth, as we said before the ad break. Make the paperwork with the fund. Yeah. Complete it. Make it accurate. Provide what they need. That way, then you can prove that you've met all of the rules and regulations to access your super. Maximise the use of franking credits and strong income assets in your super fund so that as much of your living cost can be met through distributable income in a similar vein to rent from a house. You want to be in a super fund that allows you to provide a very strong income stream over the course of a year because that income will underpin the pension that you draw. Remember, if you're going to sell assets, sell them in pension phase because they're free from capital gains tax. Keep in mind that starting a pension can be good because it's then a tax-free structure in relation to earnings. So that's another positive. Also remember that starting a pension can be that you've retired or, as we mentioned before the ad break, it could be to use the transition to retirement legislation to remain in the workforce but reduce your work hours and access a portion of your accumulated super. And then make sure that, that you've maximised the capital value of your superannuation account before you start the income stream. So if you're going to sell assets, think about liquidating them. If you've got multiple funds, you may wish to amalgamate them. If you've got cash sitting in bank accounts, consider using deductible or non-concessional contributions to bolster the amount of money that is going to be in that tax-free structure going forwards. And also remember that a pension can be commenced for other strategic benefits, not just a fun lifestyle. So you could start a pension to make a deductible contribution to super. You could take money out of a super fund by way of a pension to pay off non-deductible debt on your house. You could pay off other liabilities that you may have. So there are a number of strategic benefits that you can take advantage of by starting a pension that are not directly tied to funding your lifestyle if you've got other things going on at that time. You're over 60, you've met a condition of release and you want access to your capital. So Luke, where can listeners get more information? Yeah, so office number 6260-4749, envisionfinancial.com.au on the web. We've got the podcast, The Strategy Stacker, Luke Talks Money on iTunes and Spotify. We've got the YouTube channel, Envision Financial Canberra, where we've got all of the shows, the key takeouts before and after the ad breaks. We've got YouTube Shorts. We've got the Strategy Stacker on TikTok. And we've got the Smart Money Strategy, your ultimate guide to financial planning in bookstores in March. Um, They'll be printing that over Christmas for us, so that's... Very exciting. Indeed. I think you've expanded your social media footprint, haven't you? Well, I just got to try and you keep all get the, the message out there. All the platforms happy because not everybody likes reading. Indeed. <laughs> Luke, thanks very much. We'll catch you again next Friday. See you next Friday.